Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL Leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. On this week's episode, we welcome Tim Murch, chairman of the Buddy Fund, a nonprofit organization here in St. Louis that gives back to youth sports, as well as CEO of 4M Building Solutions. This podcast is powered by Synchrony HR, NWO IT Services, Go Brand Go, Enterprise Bank and Trust, and the Tom James Company. And now to this week's episode with Tim Merch. Tim Merch, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. I appreciate you coming on today. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Absolutely. Well, uh, I never met you until uh, about a month ago, and um, somebody reached out to me and said, you need to know this guy, and what they're doing with the Buddy Fund is, is pretty remarkable here in St. Louis. And, and after we chatted, I, I agreed with them, and so I'm excited to have you on today and talk about the Buddy Fund um, for those who don't know what it is. Um, and dive deeper in that. So let's start there. Let's let's talk about you growing up here and you growing up here in town, and then how that led to you uh, leading the Buddy Fund and what the Buddy yeah. Fund is. Yeah, sounds great. So I guess to kick it off, I was brought brought up by uh, incredible parents here at St. Louis who raised five kids. Uh, my father, Mitch Merch, was a very successful, very selfless, self-made man uh, that believed in giving back whenever he could, and I constantly. Uh, continuously witnessed it uh, growing up countless times uh, throughout our lives. And he was an original member of the Buddy Fund uh, that started in 1963 and was extremely involved in it up to the time that, it, you know, his health just really wouldn't allow him anymore. So being in business with my father, when I got out of college, we always spread our charitable philanthropic endeavors uh, separately. And when he couldn't contribute uh, his time and effort to the Buddy Fund anymore to his health, I always had wanted to make a bigger difference in disadvantaged kids' lives, and it was truly a, a calling and a, a perfect fit to get involved in the Buddy Fund. And this actually happened at Buddy Plattner's funeral, uh, who is the founder of the Buddy Fund. And uh, I dove in headfirst and ended up taking over as chairman a year later. And uh, at that point in time, most of the original members we're gone and uh, it needed a serious revitalization. Yeah. Well, let's talk about how it got started and then what the Buddy Fund is for those who don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great story. Uh, as mentioned, Buddy Blattner was a St. Louis baseball cardinal, and he's one of the first to move from the field 
uh, after he retired to the broadcast booth before Jack Buck and Harry Carey and, and all those greats. And he moved uh, from the Cardinals over to the St. Louis Hawks, who ended up uh, winning the uh, NBA World Championship in 1958, the year I was born. And um, my father was a, a self-proclaimed jock sniffer and ran with <laughs> all those guys and, and couldn't get enough of it. And he and Ben Carter and a, a bunch of the uh, his group, uh, they had a Buddy Blattner night down at the old Keel Auditorium. And they gave Buddy Blattner a brand new $3,000 uh, convertible Cadillac and buddy was honored, humbled and grateful, but he said, I'd like to give it back and take that $3,000 and start a charity that I'd always dreamed about, uh, providing sporting goods and equipment to make a difference in disadvantaged at-risk kids lives throughout the metropolitan area. Wow. So then the buddy fund was formed and talk about, you know, what you guys do here in St. Louis for the youth programs, um, and really the mission of the organization. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, we provide new sporting goods and equipment for over 15,000 underserved at-risk kids in the bi-state area. And this is every year. And it's through approximately 70 recipient organizations, such as Gene Slay's Boys and Girls Club, uh, Boys Hope, Girls Hope, uh, K-Life, Lift for Life, Jackie Joyner Kersey Foundation, the Police Athletic League, and many other recipient organizations. And we're very fortunate that we get the sporting goods and equipment at cost uh, from our three main suppliers, uh, Rawlings, uh, Markwart, and Riddell. So we're able to double the purchasing power of every dollar we receive from all of our valued contributors and donors. So I don't know of another charity that can make that claim that you can double your purchasing power for every dollar you, you uh, receive from, from donors. Absolutely. So most all the recipient organizations, they've got a common mission, uh, which is educating, mentoring, and teaching the underserved at-risk kids with making their grades being the ticket to be able to participate in each of their organizations. And, you know, our mission at the Buddy Fund is changing lives, but many of our recipient organi organizations have emphatically shared with us that we're not just changing lives. We're truly saving lives by keeping the kids off the streets and involved in constructive life skills building uh, sports programs. And, you know, I can share a story of why we do what we do. Uh, we had uh, Officer Ronnie Robinson speak to us at our golf tournament uh, a couple of years ago. And he used to head up the Police Athletic League, which involves thousands of inner city kids, most of, of which uh, don't have uh, fathers and uh, they mentor them through sports. And he stated these brutal facts a black male in the city of St. Louis that does not graduate high school is in the high 80 percentile. That by the time they're 24 years old, that they are either going to be dead or incarcerated. So, those statistics just absolutely give me the, the willies every time I hear them. And those are about five years old, and I guarantee it's much worse today. So here's what happens. You've got two kids that are in third grade that live across the street from one another. One kid has uh, the nice hat. He's got the nice shirt. He's got the nice jeans. He's got the nice jacket. He's got the Michael Jordans on. And he's also got a little pocket full of money in his, in his pants. And the other kid across the street in third grade, he's got a hand-me-down raggedy t-shirt he's got holy blue jeans and some 
worn out tennis shoes that are hand-me-downs. And he probably got his last meal at school the day before uh, because they get lunch and, and breakfast at school. And he probably didn't get dinner. And his mother's probably working three jobs or has a substance abuse issue. And uh, he may be being raised by his aunt or, or grandmother. And this is all, all coming from a gentleman who lives it. Well, the reality of it is the um, young man with the um, nice clothes, he's in a gang in third grade and he doesn't even know it. And what he does is he tips off a kid on this corner, he tips off a kid on this corner, he tips off a kid on this corner. So by the time the police get to the house, the drugs and, and everybody are scattered. So you flash forward five or six years. And unfortunately, these are the kids that we see on the news every night and, and I read about in the paper every day. So that's why we do what we do and, and we can't do enough. And uh, unfortunately, the demand for what we do exceeds what we can provide for the recipient organizations. And an example of this is uh, K-Life. Uh, a couple of years ago, Andy Van Slyke, former baseball cardinal great, donated a, a batting cage to them, but they didn't have the money to buy the bats, the helmets, the balls, the equipment for the kids to utilize it. So that's just a perfect example of what the Buddy Fund does, and we provided all those for them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <clears throat> and as I told you when you know we had our very first conversation, I uh, I used to volunteer down at the Jackie Joyner Cursey Center in East St. Louis. I coached uh, baseball down there to fifth graders, sixth graders, seventh graders, and eighth graders for several years. Chuck Gulledge was uh, one of the people that helped me. Brent Freeman was another gentleman that helped me down there, and it was uh, it was very rewarding to see that these kids when had when they had some structure and they had. Um, we also would bring God into the picture. You know, a lot of them didn't know who God was, who, um, or who Jesus is. Uh, we would start every game with a prayer. We would end every game with a prayer. Um, and it was really, really rewarding to see through that season, the transformation of that individual, um, but from coming in, you know, maybe very disrespectful, very, uh, unattentive, uh, things along those lines. And then by the end of that season would be very respectful, you know, Mr. Miss King. Yes, sir. Uh, and then they would start asking to pray. And so I, I've seen firsthand how organizations like the Buddy Fund and JJK and what they do for, you know, those children um, can make a very, very big impact. And to your point, um, you know, 80, 80%, uh, that's, a, that's a high number. And, and as you said, that's five years ago. So I'm sure that number has grown. Um, I'm sure that, you know, it, as hard, hard of work as, you know, JJK does and you, and you guys do, there's always going to be those nut type of numbers, but you, I would agree you're, you're saving lives. You're not just changing them because to the earlier point about the kid on the corner and the kip tipping off the kid on the other corner, you know, if that kid has a, uh, access to go play little league baseball, basketball in the gymnasium at JJK, or has a different Avenue to go have fun and play with his friends and has the exact, exact same capability as, as, as his neighbor. Um, it's great to get those kids off the street and into a program that gives them some structure, teaches them some um, respect, teaches them Christian uh, values, things along those lines. So it's, it's very meaningful. It's very impactful. And I'm glad that you guys do uh, do that work. Yeah. Well, thanks for recognizing it and experiencing it firsthand. Cause when you go to these recipient organizations, these kids, they're literally locked on you. They're, they're almost lasered on you in regards to you're the hope, you're the way out. And, um, and obviously the, the sports along with what the recipient organizations do. And a lot of them are faith-based um, that help them understand what a moral compass is and, and making the right choices. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned your golf tournament. I know that's a, a big way of you guys raising money. Um, but how else do you guys get the funds to kind of support this program? Uh, you know, a golf tournament is, is a great way, but how else do you get those funds? Yeah, I'll tell you, um, our annual golf tournament and auction fundraiser is absolutely by far our main source of income. And when people say, what do you need? You know, the, we, we've got the purchasing of the, um, of the sporting goods under control, but we need income. That's, that's what we need uh, double of the purchasing power and, and meet the demands. So this year we've got our golf tournament again at, at the forest park golf course on September 17th. Uh, it's a Friday. Uh, it's a shotgun start in the morning. Got a great breakfast, great, great, great lunch. And then uh, cocktails and, and, uh, uh, auction afterwards, and it'll be a sellout. So get your get your foursomes in ASAP. Uh, and it's an excellent value. It's only two hundred dollars per golfer. Uh, but the biggest need are sponsorships, uh, which is where we really make most of our income that we need. Sure. And the sponsorships are they go from two hundred fifty dollars for a whole sponsorship up to twenty thousand uh, dollars or more if you want for <laughs> our presenting for our presenting sponsor. And each of the sponsorships are unlimited. Uh, we need as many as possible. And then we also have an outstanding online auction with phenomenal auction items for everyone's liking. And the golf tournament and auction, they actually account for about 90% of our gross income wow. uh, each year. And we've started an annual year-end giving campaign and then a separate spring uh, giving campaign that combined account for about another 10% of the total income. So we've been very, very blessed uh, by every one of our, our board, which is 100% volunteer, along with the golf committee that have worked very hard to increase our total gross income from uh, just over $30,000 a year when I took over as chairman 12 years ago to just over $300,000 last year, which we're all very proud of. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I keep mentioning we can't do enough. and We need to continue to increase our annual income to do what we can to, to meet those needs of the recipient organizations. So, Everyone, uh, please make a note. Uh, you can register for the golf tournament fundraiser and, and make a sponsorship contribution and donate the needed auction items by going to the Buddy Fund website at uh, www.buddyfund.org, B-U-D-D-Y-F-U-N-D.org. And I'll just thank you in advance for your much needed generous support. Absolutely. And for those people listening to this episode, it'll be in the link to the website will be in the description of this podcast on whether whatever platform you're listening to iTunes, Spotify, or uh, our website, stlleaders.com. So we'll have a direct link in there for you to uh, get more information about, about those options. And now for a quick break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enterprise Bank and Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit enterprisebank.com. And now, back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. So, Tim, let's let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about leadership. I, I, I discuss this quite often in this podcast. Um, when you think about leadership, what do you view as really the greatest quality someone can have? Obviously, you know, and we'll get into this, you're leading an organization, which we'll talk about here in a second, but you're also leading the buddy fund. So when you think about leaders and you think about yourself, what do you believe is the greatest quality someone can have? Yeah, I'll tell you, whether it's um, business or 
uh, body fund charitable or, or sports or, or family, I think. Um, personally, I can't continue to learn enough and, and be a student of, of leadership and continue to grow and learn every day. And I think it comes down to several key things. And, you know, first would be, you know, leading by example uh, with passion that everybody can, can truly feel and, and see every day. And what, you know, I think most leaders realize is that all eyes are upon you more than you realize and everybody's watching. So, you know, work harder uh, than everybody else out hustling and be an inspiration uh, to ignite the fire in, in your teams every day. Yeah. Uh, be a motivator. And then clearly share your vision of where you want to go uh, along with your strategic goals. And I think what's most important that I learned uh, a long time ago is getting everybody's involvement, their input, their ownership, get their fingerprints, their footprints all over it. Uh, so they have ownership and, and achieve uh, the goals and, and objectives uh, constantly and then and, and promoting those constantly and then positively communicate this effectively on where you are in the, in the status of it. So everybody knows, knows where they are and, and how far they've come and how far they need to go in regards to these goals and objectives. And then, you know, when you think about it, I don't care who you are, what, how you're made up, everyone wants to be part of a winning team, clearly understand the role and, you know, how they and the, and the team are doing. So I also like to, you know, challenge everybody to bring innovative solutions to the table. There's no such thing as a silly idea. And, you know, when you look at all the, um, the great things of innovative solutions, they were a silly idea the day before they were a, uh, a great success. So we, we stress that a lot. And then putting your team and your people first, and then always as much as possible, positively recognize everyone as often as possible. And that's a huge, huge, huge part of our culture and, and a big part of what separates us. And then I think sharing uh, sincere and genuine gratitude as often as possible when warranted is priceless. Uh, I call them emotional bucks. And everyone loves to be appreciated and uh, with positive recognition when it's warranted. So that being said, when someone needs uh, a few shortcomings addressed, uh, you know, do it professionally and factually uh, not emotionally and being firm, but fair. And I learned uh, firm, from fair, firm, but fair from my father. I mean, he could, he could get in your rear and, <laughs> and uh, more than anybody ever could, but you respected the heck out of it. And sure. it's how you do it um, when you do it the right way. And then I guess just one last thing would be have fun, have fun, what you're doing. And I think when you, when you uh, have passion about what you do, uh, that, that comes naturally. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about your organization, um, that you also lead, not only are you the leader of the buddy fund, but tell us a little bit about your organization and how your leadership style is similar in both the buddy fund and your company. Yeah, that's a, another great question. Uh, I would say that it's very similar in many ways and it's very different in many ways, you know, as the owner of my company forum building solutions, I'm very involved in interface with all of our leadership on a regular basis. Uh, we're all aligned. We spend a lot of time on alignment and we're committed to achieve our company goals and vision uh, and sharing you know, the status of where we are on that. But we also really work hard at supporting each other with un unwavering teamwork. We call it 360 degree teamwork and doing whatever it takes, wherever it takes, whenever it takes to get the job done. 
so I drive a lot of these key initiatives along with everybody else's input and, and leadership. And uh, I can influence uh, the priorities and the results, depending. And sure. uh, uh, you got to let people uh, lead themselves. And then in leading the buddy fund, it's different because we have a 100% volunteer board and a volunteer golf committee, along with our only one employee, Ann Lederman, who's my former administrative assistant. She's our executive director and uh, does an outstanding job. And she's very, very passionate about it. Uh, but everyone's committed and, and passionate about what we do uh, in regards to our mission. Uh, we're all aligned. And, uh, you know, it's all about making that, that bigger difference. But the approach is somewhat different. Uh, although the accountability uh, and expectations are similar, uh, along with the recognition of everyone's responsibilities, achievements, and, and leadership uh, on the board and on the, on the golf committee. But the bottom line is they're not my employees, and we operate as a volunteer board uh, with various committees, but that accountability still has to be there sure. in regards to their commitment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I would assume from the Buddy Fund, the people who are on that board and who are volunteering on the golf committee, you know, they want to be there and, and they have just as much passion about the organization as you do. Uh, and it's probably much easier to motivate those people than, uh, than maybe sometimes employees at work, but you know, obviously all it depends on the company culture uh, of whatever organization you have. So you mentioned your organization, what do you guys do? You guys, uh, I know it has something to do with cleaning, but uh, give us a high level overview of what you guys do at Forum. Yeah. So Forum Building Solutions is the name of the company. It's uh, formerly, Mitch Merch's maintenance management or MMMM, uh, but we figure Forum Building Solutions is more apropos today. And we're a janitorial services provider, not, not real sexy, but uh, <laughs> critically needed. Yeah. Uh, started in 1978 by my father uh, from scratch uh, after a couple of successes and a couple of failures. Um, so we clean over 125 million square feet every day and night. We clean commercial office buildings medical facilities, educational facilities, and industrial manufacturing facilities. We operate throughout the entire Midwest, uh, the Southeast, and the Northeast in 16 states with about 4,000 team members. Wow. Wow. So not just a small organization. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, a lot of details. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Tim, I always end this podcast by asking my guests to leave us with some advice. So if, whether that is on leadership, whether that's on business, whether that's just life hack in general, if you could leave the people listening to this episode with one piece of advice, what would it be? Yeah, I tell you from, from my end, uh, it's, it's just the way I'm wired is honor. Uh, thank God. Uh, be very, very grateful for our many blessings every day and uh, put your people first. Uh, lead with positivity. Um, again, that uh, passion and give back every chance you get as I feel that uh, we're all here on the surf to serve others. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel um, if you speak to, well, if you listen to this podcast long enough, you're going to hear a lot of those similar things with the other leaders that we have on here. Um, you mentioned earlier on being a student and always learning. Uh, you, I agree, you got to be positive to, to be a leader of your organization. But um, I think you hit a really good point there about, uh, you know, serving others and being a servant leader and giving back to your community. You know, we, we live here in St. Louis. Sometimes a lot of people take St. Louis for granted for what it has to offer and don't, don't appreciate it enough. Um, and so, you know, if, if, you're, if you're one of those people, I would, I would say find a charity. Uh, reach out to Tim for the Buddy Fund. See if you can help them get involved. Find an organization here in St. Louis that you can be a part of uh, that you're passionate about. 
um, that you can find the, the motivation every day to try to help that organization. You'll be surprised how, how that not only makes you feel, but how it impacts the community that we all live in. Yeah, there's no, no question about it. I, I spoke to uh, Michael Stayberg, who's a, a incredibly successful developer, and uh, he uh, has been very generous to the Buddy Fund through the years. And I, I said, so why do, you, why do you do what you do? And he said, it makes me feel good. I've been very fortunate. And I love to be able to make a difference. Absolutely. Well, I think a lot of people, when they think of donating to charities, they think they got to write a check, right? But there's a lot of charities here in St. Louis um, that could you just use your, your abilities and whether that's marketing or whether that's, you know, leadership or, or whatever that is, those, those charities and those nonprofits here in St. Louis probably could use your volunteer hours. Um, it doesn't have to always be a check. So I think that's also a good point to drive in. Yeah, no question about it. We actually have, uh, about a dozen interns working for us this summer. They're not getting paid, but they are, uh, again, they're very passionate about uh, our cause and they understand it and they feel absolutely great and uh, fortunate to be able to help us move forward uh, through marketing efforts and, and writing grants and uh, social media and promoting the Buddy Fund. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Tim Merch, on behalf of the STLers podcast, I appreciate you coming on here to talk about, you know, the Buddy Fund and, and the great mission you guys have here in St. Louis. Uh, if you uh, want any more information, obviously, we'll put the Buddy Fund's website in our, our description here. You can also reach out to Tim uh, as well. But um, great organization here in St. Louis. We're, we're, I'm very you know, excited and proud to have you on this show. And I just thank you for being a great STL leader. Well, thank you, Brian. I'm very honored that uh, you were kind enough to uh, let me share the story. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode.